0: Hello everyone and welcome into another week of Talking Schmidt. I'm your host Ethan Schmidt. This week's co-host it's back to uh it's back to uh our the the Save by Big Brother here as Cody Schmidt joins us today. And so Cody, welcome into the show, man. What's happening, Schmidt heads?
1: I'm glad I was option 3. But uh glad to be here regardless.
0: I don't think you're option 3. We just want to give a, a big shout out though to George. He was uh um, he, he'd let me know early on that he wasn't going to be here this week. Um, he actually went to watch a good friend of his, um, graduate from basic training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. So that's where he's at. So he's not going to be here this week. Um, maybe next week we'll have to see how that one rolls in. Uh, super impressed with, uh, I, I think, uh, last week I had such a dud of a question, uh, for our question of the week, which we'll get to a little bit later on, um, but I think we ha- I had a little bit of a dud of a question and then a response this week was absolutely tremendous. So, um, super excited to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, uh, but for now we will uh, we'll discuss a little bit about sports. I sent Cody a graphic a little bit earlier today. Were you kind of bummed that I didn't have you on last week with the question that I had about the, uh, the all-time college football teams?
1: Absolutely. I had a lot of opinions on that, but I thought you and George you know, broke it down and handled it pretty well. And honestly, I probably, uh, you talk about the other question, about the post that you had regarding those teams generated a lot of, you know, interest from our, our viewers. So I thought it was a great question. I thought you guys handled it well. I mean, I still got to go with those 0-1 Canes. That is the most dominant you know, squad ever put on a college football field? As good as uh, those LSU receivers were at the time, I don't know if they could handle Ed Reed and Sean Taylor.
0: That that was the big point for me as well. I gave. I mean, the defense I felt had all of the uh, advantages in those matchups. I mean, granted, you do have. Um, you know, I, I think you know we might be talking about Jamar Chase and. Uh, Justin Jefferson though a long time down the road now getting you know gold jackets a lot later in life and to think that those guys were on the same two with the same team as well with a guy like Joe Burrow who more than likely I mean if everything trajectory stays the way it does for him and uh, those two guys, they might all be gold jacket guys. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that'd be a really cool thing to see. Definitely those defenses facing off. But um, we're going to talk a little bit real quick about what we have going on in the NBA and the NHL. The NBA Finals. Uh, this show will technically drop on Thursday, so the NBA Finals will take place tonight. Um, Miami versus Denver. Cody, I know you're not really paying attention to either one of those or how those series went, but um, I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot. Who do you? Think is going to take the series.
1: Well, you know, like you said, I haven't really followed the NBA since uh, Kobe and Shaq were playing against Allen Iverson, and that, you know that really was the last time I could It's a remember long time ago. Being truly invested in an in NBA Finals, um, but you got to talk about your Miami and you know, keeping that Boston squad from rallying back and really snatching that away from Boston. And uh, you know being a, a a diehard Cardinals baseball fan, I really don't have any warm and fuzzy feelings about Boston area sports teams. So I'm gonna have to go with Miami because they did the Lord's work of keeping Boston out of the finals.
0: Well, I'm gonna go with Denver um, I, the way that Denver just kind of uh, just kind of picked apart Los Angeles and, and just won that in four games. Uh, I think that you know when you when you're any team that's literally kept LeBron from winning a conference championship or a conference finals, uh, that's saying something about your uh, your program and about the team that you have this year. So I'm going to go with Denver, and I think it could be as quick as five games against uh, Miami. Miami can't let Denver get on the roll that they let Boston get on to. Um, so they're going to have to come out fast and furious in the beginning, and I just don't know if they have that ability. So I'm going to go with Denver. Um, I think that's a very, very good team. Now one of the things that we'll have to watch, though, is – Are they plagued just a little bit by having more time off, or will they be good to go because they've had the rest? So we'll have to see how that plays into, especially as brutal as that series was in the Eastern Conference Finals. But moving over to the NHL, a sport that you watch probably less than watch you basketball. So there you go. I'm going to go ahead and throw you on the spot there. Florida Panthers have uh, pretty much uh, just kind of broke a lot of hearts of a lot of teams that were favored against them um they ended boston's beautiful run there that they had they've took out the maple leaves they took out a lot of good teams uh carolina hurricanes as well along the way and then you have vegas golden knights on the other side who's only i believe they're playing in their second ever finals appearance and just i mean uh, a program that you know not too long ago was being started and now they're just kind of uh you know been kind of utilize what they've had and, and, and kind of really built a really good program in Las Vegas. Do you have uh, Do you have a guess on who you would go with in that series?
1: Well, I also have strong opinions, even though they may not be the most educated and well-guided opinions. I'll say this. You know, we, you know, being born in St. Louis and spending the formative years of our life in the St. Louis area, I'm a big Blues fan. I was really happy to see us win the Stanley Cup finally, and uh, I believe it was 2018. And, um, you know, honestly, hockey is something I'd like to know more about and have more than just an extremely casual understanding of. But I think I speak also for our, our diehard Preds listeners when I say Las Vegas really killed the momentum for Nashville and Louis. Uh, I think both of our franchises were doing extremely well. We're having some pretty good, heated, you know, almost like a, a rivalry starting to form that, you know, for the NHL was, you know, becoming pretty pretty popular, pretty much, you know, must-see TV in the Western Conference, and then Las Vegas shows up, plucks everybody that they want, you know, basically throws together this team, much like the Jaguars did, you know, back in the late 90s in the NFL, and they've had a lot of success. So, I think I speak for a lot of Nashville folks, a lot of the Preds fans, when I said go Florida Panthers.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Florida as well. I mean, I, you know, I, I just no, – again, it's, it's the series that I was hoping for. I was hoping that it would be Florida versus um, Vegas whenever we – kind of started looking at everything was, you know, what teams would I want to see there? And I I kind of, I told George, I was like, I want Florida. I want Vegas at this point when we started really looking at it. And sure enough, that's what we have. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Florida as well. I I think, you know, the big thing for Florida um, just being that, you know, they, I meant, I made this kind of comparison. I feel like they've kind of been the New York Giants of this playoffs. Uh, they got hot at the right time in the playoffs, knocked off some of the really, really, really good teams. Um, you know in front of them and and now they are playing for the Stanley Cup and and so i i mean i'm going to go with florida as well i i really just i think it's more of a i'd l- i i want to see him win um i i think it'd be really cool to see him win again if vegas won not a big not a big you know pain in in my you know thoughts on it either because you know that's a, a franchise squad that's you know successful and shows that you know that you can have expansion teams that have early success in their time that they were created so i mean either way i'm not going to be too upset about it um but i do think it'd be cool to see florida uh after how they rallied back against um the bruins and then how they finished that off i i'm also a big uh fan of seeing if florida can pull out the victory there now with that being said and all that kind of out of the way i sent cody a graphic uh earlier today because I was looking for something else that we could kind of chat about. And one of the things that I saw was CBS Sports uh, had released this um, thing where they were ranking the NFL divisions. Uh, one of their uh, sports writers did it. Um, so we're going to talk about those rankings, and I'll go ahead and tell you how CBS did their rankings on this. Was Number one, they had the NFC East. Number two, they had the AFC East. Number three, they had the AFC North. Number four, they had the AFC West. Number five was the NFC West. Number six was the NFC North. Seven was the AFC South. And eight was the NFC South. Now, for the most part, I, I don't like the top of that per se. Um, I think the bottom is pretty pretty on point. Honestly, the bottom five, uh, I would say, are fairly, fairly close. And I guess we can kind of talk about that. I think NFC South being... Uh, the worst division is probably the right move. I, I I don't know if you agree with me on that. What's your thoughts there at number eight with the NFC South?
1: Well, you have no clear, like, star quarterback for any of the franchises. You know, Tom, you know, Brady's gone. He retired, so that, you know, he was, like, the marquee guy. Uh, Carolina, certainly the future could be pretty bright with Bryce Young, but – He's coming into a pretty, pretty interesting situation where he's going to probably QB one one, and uh, I mean I, I like I, I think Atlanta is the underdog in this division. I like what Ar- Arthur Smith has going on in Atlanta. I think they could surprise people this year, and certainly you know what helps them out is the fact that there really isn't any clear front runner in this division. I like what Arthur Smith has done. He's you know defense great offensive line. Everything else will figure itself out, so I think the Falcons you know benefit from that and benefit from being in a rather weaker division, but yeah, certainly having them as the you know potentially the weakest division in pro sport or pro football going into this season, I think is fair
0: yeah I, I kind of agree with that as well. I think you're right there. I think that there's no clear cut person um there's no clear cut uh you know actual uh, I guess there's nobody that you can say, okay, um, you know, this is this is the team, you know, this is the team to beat in this division. I, I think I think you could go, you know, I think that the Saints made some moves. There's a possibility that you could say the Saints might be the front runner in that group, possibly. Um, but again, I, I don't know. I, I think I think that the Falcons don't really have uh, the quarterback to to really pull them out of anything. The whole Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask and Tampa Bay just kind of shows you where that program, you know, and where that organization is. And then just the certain, the uncertainty in Carolina. I mean, you got rid of your best offensive weapon. He's now in San Francisco and you got rid of your best receiver. Who's now in, uh, in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I agree with the NFC South being right there at number eight. I don't really disagree with the AFC South being at number seven either. I think that is, um, I think that's a good spot for them. I, I think the Jaguars are, you know, that that top team there. I think it's the Jaguars' division to lose. Um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, with Houston. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with Indianapolis, and there's a lot of—I don't know if it's a lot of uncertainty with Tennessee, but there is a. You know, there is a, a kind of a consensus in Tennessee. I mean, there's there's people who are, you know, have just pretty much said, just put Levis in at this point, you know, and, and I don't, I mean, that to me is wild because you do have a guy in Ryan Tennehill who, yes, I know he's had his issues, but I mean, you know, why would you go with a rookie over him or think that he's going to start immediately there? And then not to mention, you really don't, I mean, you have the best running back in the game in Derrick Henry, but you, you, don't really have any other offensive weapons. Now, the defense isn't bad in Tennessee, but, again, I think, again, you're looking at one team in that division that is, you know, that you can kind of hang your hat on, and that's the Jaguars, and that's not really a safe, you know, team to hang your hat on either.
1: Well, We're a quarterback-driven league, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, has developed quite well under Doug Peterson, the Jaguars, I have, have done a better job, and I, you know, I've talked to Titans fans. We get a, we get a chance to talk to a lot of Titans fans, and I believe the Jaguars have done a better job moving forward and putting themselves in position to be a force in the division, potentially a force within the conference. Having said that, though, you, you got to think even after last year and things didn't go quite the well that Titans fans would like it to go. But do you think the other thirty-one teams in the league really want to play the Titans? on any given Sunday? No. Uh, as physical as they are, they, they, they definitely, uh, you know, they know how Ravel's going to come at you. You know it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be one of those games that you got to, when you get back on the bus, either to head to the airport or you're, you're, you're getting ready in the locker room to go back home, where you think, man, i got to keep checking to see that we actually win this game because I feel like I just got my ass kicked for the last four quarters. And that's how a Titans place. So I wouldn't rule them out, but I think Titans fans need to be patient. You got a guy in Tannehill that has been a four thousand yard passer. He's been able to do that once in his career when he was in Miami. I, I think if you keep Tannehill on his feet, he can do he can make things work for you. Uh, so I, I I definitely agree that the AFC South, much like the NFC South, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's not a lot of clear, you know, this is gonna, you know, these are our guys. I mean, now Grant, I think you have a little bit more. Um we know who is going to be day one starters. We know that you know the Colts have kind of put themselves in a position where you know Richardson is probably gonna to have to be a day one guy. Uh same with Stroud and Houston. Um, you know, you, you would like to see those guys develop more. But Will Levis, I think he's in the best position for any of the guys in that quarterback class. You know, he's got a you know, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback to learn from and develop under. And uh, I think that you know, Titans fans just need to you know, take a deep breath be cool you know you you the jaguars might take the division this year but it's going to be close
0: yeah absolutely and again i mean you know i think that they're in that spot because You know, when you look at the AFC South, there or excuse me, the NFC South, there's like we said, there's no front runner in that entire division. AFC South at least has one team that you could expect to be in the postseason at least um, from that conference. So, I mean, that's where I mean you're at least going to have your division leader there, and then a possibility of a wild card from Tennessee. Um, I, I guess technically Indianapolis could also
1: be kind of barking at that door as well. Yeah, Tennessee was seven and two at one time, and injuries brought them down. And other than that Buffalo game, I can't really think off the top of my head any team really just flatlining them. I mean, even with Malik Willis at quarterback, they they held their own against Kansas City in prime time on Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead, and you and I both know how how wild of an environment that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Potential, you know, Super Bowl champions. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I I agree, though. I think that's good there. Uh, The NFC North being in sixth, I actually agree with this, um, and I'm going to make this statement, and I know everybody that listens to this is like, well, you're a Packers fan, so you agree with this. If Green Bay is not projected as the top dog in that division, it's a bad division. If you are banking on the Detroit Lions to be the best team in that division, which a lot of people are, A lot of writers, a lot of analysts, they're just like, oh, this is Detroit's division. Listen, I'm going to put this to you in in probably the nicest way that I possibly can, okay? In the NFC North, the last team to play in a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl in the NFC North is who? Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. That That is it. When the Vikings have been good, they've either stumbled in the NFC Championship or they stumble in the divisional, um, they don't make it past that. I mean, heck, they had, a, they had a, a miracle that got them into the conference championship the year that they lost to the Eagles, who eventually went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So you, if you're banking on teams like Detroit, Minnesota, or Chicago, Chicago hasn't won a Super Bowl since the 80s, okay? Jim McMahon was their quarterback. It was 1985, guys. So Chicago hasn't done it. They've played in one and they got beat by Manning in a monsoon. Okay, Minnesota hasn't, what, they haven't played in a Super Bowl since, what, the 70s, 80s? I mean, it's been a long time since, what was it?
1: The 70s, and and they've never won one. They've been to four. Yeah. they would bring one home.
0: Yeah, and then, last but not least, the Detroit Lions, who have never, ever played in a Super Bowl. So, again, I do think that you have the possibility to have two teams out of the North make it to the playoffs. I really do, especially with the expanded playoffs and adding the extra team. I do think that there's a lot of uncertainty with Jordan. Because really what we know with Green Bay, I feel, more than anything, is Green Bay is missing a quarterback. And we just don't know what Jordan Love's going to do. We we have a lot of question marks on Green Bay. They have a great running back group, um, probably two of, two of the – I mean, you know, how many teams really have the the you know the the power and the speed option that Green Bay has between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? Not many teams have two really good running backs. Green Bay has one guy who's definitely a, a you know a top five, top ten running back, and then another guy who's in the top fifteen in the league for certain in that backfield. Your receiving core super young. I get it. That plays into it, but you have a, a very established offensive line still. Um, in Green Bay, your defense isn't bad. It's not a bad defense. It's just, you know, you're you're missing a quarterback. You know, you're just missing a guy to uh, bring it into this this area. And again, we are talking about it. It's a, it's a quarterback driven league. We just haven't seen Jordan Love other than a little bit of spurts. So I'm saying if this, if Jordan Love turns out to be the menace that Aaron Rodgers was and the menace that Brett Favre was to this division, you know, in the North days and the Central days, then I think this is maybe a little bit different story that we talk about later in the year. Cause I do think the Lions will be decent. I do think that they're tough. I think they're better. Um, and I think the Vikings are still where the Vikings are at, and and then again, there's a lot of question marks around the Bears as well. Does Justin Fields play better when he has a you know a top ten receiver to throw to in the league? So uh, again, I I think the NFC North is in the right spot, and I think that they edged out the AFC South just because there's a possibility that you could have three of those teams that are all fighting. I mean, really, it could be a tough conference battling amongst each other with those four teams. Uh, but again, I, I think you're kind of in the NFC South as well, where you're just like, we really don't know who could take this division. Um, but it, I, again, I think if you, you know, if you look at the history of the NFC North, if Green Bay is not your team that you can bank on, you really don't have a division that you can look at.
1: Well, in the initial feeling, you are know, looking at it, I was kind of surprised, and obviously there's a lot of just like good hype around Detroit. And you know, what Detroit did manage to finish. Was at nine and eight. So they had a winning season. Uh, they they missed getting into the playoffs, or they ate nine. I can't I can't really remember off the top of my head. I know they, they, that last game of the year, they kept Green Bay from going to the playoffs. So there, there's a lot of momentum there. You know, Dan Campbell. He's got that. You know, he's kind of that same vein of like a Mike Rabel, right? He's kind of that old school throwback. Let's rip their face off, kind of coach. And so I think that that generates some enthusiasm. And I think Detroit will be physical. I think Detroit will be tough because I feel like they do play. Uh, but they've they lost some of their, their – their, some of the guys that made them tough were two, that two-headed monster at running back that they had to replace. Yeah. This year. And I think that's going to be – that's going to make a difference. We've got the guys like Jamal Williams. They bought into that toughness because they were tough guys themselves. So uh, – Are we going to depend on Jared Goff to win a division and take Detroit to the promised land? I think that's kind of a little silly. I mean, I I believe that the most stable team right now in the NFC North are the Vikings. I feel like that if I'm going to have to, you know, you know, pick one right now, I'm probably going to say the safe bet has to be Minnesota. But you know, as a a long-suffering 49ers fan. Kirk Cousins is, you know, kind of that same vein of a of Ryan Tannehill and a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, you're only going to get so much out of them. Uh, do I think that they could possibly win a division? Sure. Do I think, like you said, are they going to go much further than that? Probably not. So, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit more stability in the North. I think, you know, you do know what you have with Cousins. It may not be great, but, you know, it's serviceable. I think Justin Fields has the potential to develop. Uh, I think Jordan Love could possibly. I mean, he looked great at times in that game against the Eagles when he came in, and that was the best defense in pro football. He was able to really kind of sub in for Rodgers and do well. So I think the potential there for Green Bay, too, you know, to, you know, to come back quickly is there. But I'd say safely, Minnesota. I think where we really start to, you know, I, I think it gets kind of more of a toss up is when we start getting into the top five. You know, and I don't know if I would discount the Western teams as much as they have, but uh, you know, here we go.
0: Yeah, and I, I I kind of agree with NFC West being at five, and the only reason why I agree with that, I mean, San Francisco has everything minus a quarterback, um, and all reports right now are telling us that Trey Lance has made amazing steps because he's worked out with a guy who's you know a multi-time MVP now and a multi-time Super Bowl champion in Patrick Mahomes, so he's putting in the offseason work to be that guy. You know, Seattle had a really good season with Geno Smith. It surprised a lot of people. Arizona, I I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's a lot of question marks there. And then the Rams, I mean, they still have Matt Stafford. Um, You know, they still have Cooper Cup. They still have a a decent team put together, a decent defense as well. Um, So I don't disagree. I I don't see anybody above the NFC West – that uh, I would say that they could really replace um, above them, though. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the weird things to look at as well. Unless you know, unless you kind of move, you know, AFC West, AFC North. Uh, I disagree with the number one spot, to be honest with you. But I mean, when you're looking at the NFC, where would you put the NFC West if they're not number five?
1: I, I you know I certainly just uh, thinking more of like AFC West being. Um, Kind of low with yeah you know, Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert you know Jimmy G certainly has the potential to give the Raiders good not great and then uh, you're know, Sean Payton in Denver you got to kind of think that he may be able to get something going there and to have yeah I just don't know if the AFC North if I, I would have them more or less better. And I think the AFC East is pretty much hyped. And I think there's a lot of hype in the NFC East. So I think there's a little bit of an East Coast bias here. I mean, I I just feel like with, uh, you know, there's a lot. I mean, Grant, I can see why you'd have that hype in the AFC East with guys like Rodgers coming over there. But, um, you know, best football player in pro football, I'd say today, is Patrick Mahomes. And his division is the fourth best division in pro football. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's a weird thing
1: too. You can see with the NFC West. I mean, maybe you know, you know, one of those Eastern divisions may be a little too hyped and may not need to be in the top four. Maybe they should be at five. But uh, yeah, I definitely think at the end of the day, you know, you were, I would say, 49ers and Chiefs are you know, a safe bet to get back to the Super Bowl. Especially if Sam Darnold or, like you said, Trey Lance can, you know, certainly come out day one and look great. But I, someone like a Sam Darnold uh, with Kyle Shanahan, I think he could certainly keep the trend going pretty solid for the 49ers.
0: Well, and I you know I, I know you said the East Coast bias there, and I think it is there, but I, I don't see how with the addition of Rodgers to New York, you don't... I mean, I think that would give an edge to AFC East to be the top division. I mean, you have Josh Allen and company, you have... Uh, the Dolphins, who are much improved. You have, obviously, Rogers' addition to a, a Jets team that was pretty decent last year. And then you have Bill Belichick still in uh, in New England. So, I mean, uh, I do think that, uh, again, though, I do think the AFC West gets shafted pretty hard here. Um, they have the defending Super Bowl champs, like you mentioned. Uh, I think the NFC East, um, I, I think that no matter what, I mean, the Eagles, obviously, they are deserving of being in that you know, to be in a conversation of in there, but again, the giant season last year. Can you duplicate that again? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's a thing that it's, it's going to be easily duplicated. And then, of course, Washington—they still don't even know what their team mascot's going to be. So, I mean, they're—they
1: yeah, they still have no name. Yeah, you know, the, I mean,
0: they're the team with no name.
1: I mean, it's—I don't know. I just think that the NFC East. The you know, grant too. The AFC West was hyped up a lot last year. Yeah. It ended up being what I, you know, imagine most people thought would be with Kansas City being clearly the, the best team in that division, and you're going on to win the Super Bowl. So it might be a little bit of backlash there of you know the media really hyping up the AFC West and honestly almost being embarrassed by how much they hyped them up. So, yeah. but also at the same time, I gosh, I mean, it's there's a lot of this, oh the Cowboys, the Cowboys are going to be great, the Cowboys are yeah. going to be great. Come on.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think, I mean, the Cowboys don't even win the division, you know? I mean, with the Eagles, as good as they are, this Cowboys team, I mean, you know, sorry, you know, Jerry, you may not see it again in your lifetime, buddy. I mean, that that that's kind of the thing there. I mean, the Eagles are so good in that division, you know, I mean, with everything they have weapon-wise and only really reloading more than anything, I, you know, I, I don't disagree You know, I I do think the Eagles, but again, like you said, AFC West has a lot of things that could be improvement. AFC North, I mean, you know, the Bengals and the Ravens, I mean, you know, you just got that extension on Lamar, so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, You know, but with Cincinnati, I mean, you have obviously one of the hottest teams and hottest young teams. Really in the league there, and I mean that's a very tough division as well. I'm thinking, I mean, if I look at it, I, I don't know if you know, like you said, I think the West could be definitely up in that two spot. Uh, AFC West could be up there, possibly two, three, even one, really, uh, because again, I mean we've we've seen some great great games between Las Vegas and. Um, uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers and the Raiders that we've seen past few years, uh, those teams kind of try to keep each other out of the playoffs anyway, uh, you know. And then of course with uh with with Kansas City as well. I mean, you know that is the best team. You know, defending best team in in all of football. So you can't really even count them out at this point as well. So, yeah, I think the I, I don't like the fact that the NFC East is up top. And, and like you said, it, it could just be because we're so used to that East Coast bias and we always hear it. I do, I, I think the Eagles are definitely the best team in that division. Um, but again, I mean, you have the AFC West, which has some really, really good football teams. You know what I'm saying? They're sitting at four. And then you have the AFC North as well, which, I mean, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin still has yet to have a losing record as a head coach.
1: Right. There, there's, I would say that I don't know if there's a franchise in sports that is as well managed as the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, you yeah, know, to have them, I think, even being underneath the NFC, it's kind of comical. As much as you may not like Deshaun Watson, the fact of the matter is he's going to have an entire offseason working with Cleveland He's going to be able to, uh, barring some sort of injury, be the starter on day one, this season. And you know, personal issues aside, he's a really good quarterback. So I mean, I, I definitely even see, like you're saying, AFC North might be a little bit ranked here as well. Yeah. Uh, from pure potential, I mean, you have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett in year two, and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I think you know, per quarterback, that might be one of the tougher divisions in the league.
0: Yeah. And, and not to mention, there's been a lot of people who have said that, uh, honestly that, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, he kind of gets slighted in the conversation of who the best running back in the league is. Cause I mean, Nick Chubb is, uh, I mean, he's kind of the guy a lot of times. I mean, he's, he's had times where he's led the league in rushing. So, I mean, you know, in, you know, I know he battles a lot with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor and also Josh Jacobs at times, but you know, Nick Chubb is kind of consistently one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, he's definitely a top three running back there in Cleveland as well. So you have Watson, you have Chubb. um, They still have a pretty decent receiving core in Cleveland as well. Um, And then of course, you know, again, Kenny Pickett in year two, the group that they have there, um, Najee Harris uh, used to have a good defense in Pittsburgh, which is what Pittsburgh builds their hat on anyway, a lot of times. And then of course you still have, you have a lot of young receivers as well. George Pickens, guys like that. Um, Deontay Johnson there. So, I mean, yeah, I think when you look at that uh, and you look at where, they're obviously, I mean, the way we've kind of been touting about it, it looks like the AFC is probably your, I mean, the better conference, if you want to make that argument as well with all the stuff that you have going on in the conference.
1: Hey, they, they, they cherry-picked away the best quarterback in the NFC. <laughs> so, I think without a doubt, it'd be hard to really say that the at this point in you know, time, the AFC has certainly more dynamic stories they certainly have you know pretty much all the really good quarterbacks um so i mean i i definitely like you're saying outside the eagles the nfc east i just i'm not that impressed by it yeah you know i think philadelphia should be able to take that division rather rather easily whereas with the the afc east afc north and afc west i mean i I think there's some arguments. I mean, as much as we, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they got something going on there in Kansas City. You can't help but think, man, maybe like a Justin Herbert-led Chargers is closer than you think they are to possibly, you know, overthrowing them one year. Yeah. And uh, certainly in the AFC North, with all the the talent and the stars you have there, I mean, I think you could make an argument for any of those teams. Whereas the NFC East, I mean, I just, I don't. I mean, you have the Washington whoever's yeah that's what they change their name to whoever's maybe that will get through the copyright but uh it's not i'm not as sold on that but i feel like they just it's that east coast bias i mean grant like you're saying with afc east maybe there's a little bit more credence there because you do have aaron Rodgers on a really good new york jets team uh that really was missing that piece last year uh and a healthy tua could pay you know, great dividends for miami and, you know, certainly Buffalo, Josh Allen and company. I mean, they're all they're going to be at this, the, the discussion for, you know, Super Bowl contenders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then again, you still have Bill Belichick sitting in New England. Right. So you know,
1: maybe, maybe this is the end, you know, maybe the, the, the end is coming for that Patriot squad. I mean, I you have Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, right? That's uh, let's see the signal caller is there in New England, Foxborough.
0: Yeah, unless somebody weird just randomly pops up and all of a sudden Bill turns him into, you know, a, you a know, six-time Super Bowl champion. So, yeah. Um, but again, that was just uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about this week. When I looked at it, if you have anything that you'd like to say on it, you can always... Uh, um, tweet at us. You can go on to Facebook uh, when we post this. Leave your thoughts in the comments on that as well. Um, you can uh, you can obviously reach out to us. Uh, you can on Facebook it's Talking Schmidt. On Twitter it's Schmidt Stories. Um, uh, and then of course. Um, You know, you can also send us an email, schmittystories at gmail.com. If you have anything that you want to say there as well. Again, um, you can always do all that and uh, kind of get involved in that conversation. And, of course, when I post this, uh, I'll put this into a question as well. So you guys can always get into uh, a conversation in the comments if you want to. But, uh, again, that's our sports chat for this week on Talking Schmidt. We're going to jump in now to our question of the week. I had a pretty good one here. Like I said, some really good responses. Our question of the re- week was, what movie qu- can you quote from start to finish, or at least the majority of it? I thought that was a really good question. Uh, there's a lot of people who love movies and love to quote movies. Um, I think it's kind of, uh, I, I would say it's almost another language, wouldn't you?
1: It, it's definitely part of our experience. Uh, cinema, you know, as you know, I'm, I studied film studies in high school. I really fun that class. So certainly, you know, cinema is a way of communicating and a way of understanding ourselves and our families and the world around us.
0: Yeah, so I, I thought it was a good question. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Cody, did you have your movie that you feel like you uh, can quote the majority of it from start to finish?
1: Well, I got to say, if, if it's featuring Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, uh, and One of the Wilson brothers, you know, every now and then, you know, Ben Stiller thrown in there. I probably could do quite a bit of it. But, you know, as, you know, Kevin, brother Kevin Criswell pointed out, I was misquoting my favorite line from Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Old age is starting to get to me, too.
0: Yeah. You're you're getting a little bit older. So uh, we'll go ahead and jump in a little bit and talk about this, and then, of course, I'll wrap it up. I'll tell you what movie I feel I, I'm most comfortable with. I think there's about two, uh, and then I'll have a throwback for Cody because I think he will – Uh, agree with this, because he'll remember me doing this as a child all the time, um, probably annoying him uh, when I was a kid, and the movie I quoted a lot when I was a kid. But, uh, on Instagram, our good friend Nick Edwards, who uh, has the Good Buds pod, give him a shout-out on here, one of of my former football players. Um, He's doing his own podcasting thing as well, trying to get that going. Uh, So, they talk about a lot of random stuff, so if you want to hear um, some uh, pretty intelligent guys who are playing football uh, in college talk about some random things and uh, you want to get in that Good Buds pod, and hopefully we can get him a few more downloads and he can uh, pick it back up along the way. Uh, but Nick Edwards said, uh, Top Gun or Forrest Gump? Um I, I I don't have a lot of the Top Gun quotes. Um, I w- will make fun of Forrest Gump uh, the movie a lot. Uh, you know that, and and when anybody brings it up, I'll do the best Forrest impre- impersonation I can. Um, not a big Forrest mama fan. How's your education, boy? I have said that one before. Um, that is one of my uh, one of my ones. Uh, if somebody yeah, ever, I
1: did the impression there afterwards,
0: <laughs> I won't do that. Um, But it's not, you know, this as well as I do, and um, somebody might get mad at me, some people might get mad at me, Forrest Gump, just not one of my favorite movies, Um, so uh, I'm not a big Forrest Gump fan, Uh, a lot of people uh, probably don't know that about me, Cody does though, and he will tell me all the time, hey, a great American classic's on TV, and it's always Forrest Gump, and it always drives me up the wall. Um, and then our good friend, Madison, uh, Madison chimed in and she actually said Top Gun Maverick, um, which is the new version of Top Gun. So that's the, the new installment of that. I have not seen that. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what the lines are. Um, but you know, uh, have you seen, I don't think, have you seen the new Top Gun?
1: I, I still haven't yet. Um, yeah, a lot of have heard, I've heard great reviews about it. A lot of people really liked it. Um. You know, certainly, uh, not surprised that you know either, you know, film from the Top Gun franchise would be you know certainly quotable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So that was our two on Instagram. Uh, Thank you guys on Instagram, Nick and uh, Madison. On those, you can find us each week on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, give us a follow at Schmidty Stories. That's where we post on Instagram. I know a lot of you are posting, reaching out on Facebook, because that's kind of where I get the most action on this anyway. But if you're on Instagram want to follow us there, see some of the other stuff that we're doing, hit us up at Stories. You can find it there on Instagram. On Facebook, uh, I had nobody on Twitter um, uh, this week, but on Facebook had some good ones on the Talking Schmidt page. Our good friend Brittany said, The Hangover and Sweet Home Alabama. The hangover is uh probably i mean i I love the hangover i and I love quoting the hangover and i you and I will quote not only hangover one but hangover two uh we quote that one a lot as well
1: yeah you know some of the quotes we, we we go with are probably not family friendly enough for talking Schmidt yeah but the hangover kind of like with the frat pack movies right you know the end of an era in cinema that really just hurt my heart. Now, uh, Bert Kreischer with his recent movie, the machine, he's hoping he's brought back the comedy. We'll see. I haven't really seen the, you know, I haven't really paid much attention to how much money it made over the weekend or how it's doing at the box office, but I would like to see the rebound of the American comedy. And, uh, He's really, I think, the Hangover is like the last great comedy franchise. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, the Hangover there, and then Sweet Home Alabama. You, you've probably have you ever seen Sweet Home Alabama with uh, Reese Witherspoon? I've not. Okay, that's what I figured. I figured that's something you had not seen, but um, that's a good movie as well. Uh, there's there's a lot of quotable things. It's it's a comedy too, though. I think it's a romantic comedy technically, so it has it has its funny moments as well. Uh, our good friend Matt Bennett, Well, Matty Ice on here, man um he uh he put on there he had three he said billy madison american gangster and shawshank redemption
1: um yeah
0: those are
1: uh football fields of schmidt to escape shawshank
0: that's that's three really good movies too and billy madison i mean i quote billy madison all the time still to this day um, and Billy Madison has one of the one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's the very long one that I always forget, and I always have to look it up. Um, so if you can memorize that one, and you know what it is, uh, you guys know which one I'm talking about. It's, it's in the end during the uh, when Billy tells the story about the dog who's uh, supposed to be like business, um, and what the uh, what the moderator says. It's one of my favorite lines in all of like movie history. Is just that long rambling on of how. Uh, uh i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines uh um,
1: thoroughly when uh he's helping them? that is correct
0: yeah that veronica vaughn um lovely movie billy madison's one of my favorites it's one of the ones i would say i probably quote more than i should um Uh, So, yeah, shout out to Matt uh, for giving us uh, those three as well. Um, Good friend Kelby, she put Elf. I love Elf. Um, Elf is one of my favorite movies as well. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, So Elf is one of my favorites. Will Ferrell did a fantastic job. Um, There's a lot of quotable lines from that movie as
1: well. Yeah, once again, Will Ferrell, right? I mean, I think for our generation, Will Ferrell... Gives us some of those quotable moments. And honestly, I was trying to bust one out when you're you're briefing the NBA. Uh, you know, the, the Anchorman quote. You know I don't follow the NBA.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Anchorman <laughs> Anchorman's another one. I didn't see that on here, but Anchorman's another good one. Uh San diego Um that's a that's another uh, another movie that's very quotable, another movie on there. So um, anchorman. Um, I was called the anchorman of the UP. Remember, I had the they did the side by side with me and Will Ferrell when I was wearing my yeah. jacket. Yeah, and they put a they put a mustache on me um, and made that comparison. So I I'll take that. Um, but yeah, Elf, uh, Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? Um, you know, best way to spread Christmas cheer: singing loud for all to hear. I mean, just amazing lines in that movie. Um, and it was really. You know, I mean, there was other... I felt like when it came to Christmas movies, you had, like, obviously Christmas Vacation, which we'll talk about here in a second. You had, like, the Santa Claus. um, But you kind of had, you know, a gap where there really wasn't a ton of, like, really good Christmas movies. And then I think Elf came around and just kind of uh, broke that funk a little bit. So love the movie Elf. It's, It's, like I said, it's my favorite Christmas movie. I would say it's probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time as well. So if you hate me for saying that, then we maybe can't be friends. Um, our good friend Riley, she commented Talladega Nights. So uh, <laughs> Talladega Nights, that's a great Will Ferrell movie again. Ricky Booby. Yeah. Ricky um, Booby. You have the prayer in that one. Um
1: that you like a spider monkey all jacked up by Mountain Dew.
0: <laughs> you got that. You got the, uh, obviously the famous Shake and Bake. Um, so yeah, Talladega Nights, another great one that's easily quotable. I feel um, our good friend Evan Winners he po- uh, commented on here, and he said the movie Twister. Um, that is a really good movie. I thought I thought whenever I saw that pop up at first. Um, I thought maybe my good friend Bo put that on there because he is a meteorologist and loves all things like that. but um, Twister is another really good movie from the 90s and I you know I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, you know, the only thing I really remember from Twister is the cow kind of coming by in the in the one. Um, I do remember that, but um, I might not remember all like a lot of lines from that one, but that was a, definitely a good movie that I think probably left a good lasting impact on a lot of people.
1: Right, yeah, an absolutely terrifying movie, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you you definitely know. being up in the, the Midwest, so it's, it's a little close to home, but yeah, I mean, it's been a while, I, that, that is a really good film. Um, was it Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt?
0: I believe so, yeah, I mean, I had to look it up real quick, like I said, it's been a long time since I've watched Twister, but, um, yeah, so, um, I, I, it was a great movie, though, uh, for certain. Um... Uh, we move on here. Uh, my beautiful wife commented, uh, the lion King and also Shrek, which I know she can do that. So, um, but I mean, I knew the lion King on there, not that Shrek kind of threw me for a loop here. Uh, I do, I do kind of feel like, I mean, we obviously, you know, me, I, I love the movie Shrek. So, um, obviously, you know, that that's probably not far fetched that we watch that a ton in this house anyway. Um, But yeah, Callie, uh, her cousin commented on this as well and said that uh, when Callie was a kid, she was pretty good at acting out the Lion King as well um so obviously i didn't know her back then um but doesn't surprise me because she can i mean lion king is her all-time favorite movie um so that makes perfect sense and then also shrek i mean uh you know we we're so used to i mean even after we watched it i mean how many times did dad just yell out donkey every time he
1: saw things (laughs) so i I mean just all the time with lion king too, you have two great voice actors few great actors but also very great voice actors right and jeremy irons as scar and of course you know james Earl jones as mufasa so just the absolutely memorable you know lines anything james Earl jones says is just gonna get you
0: do you want to do you want to say anything the light touches is our kingdom do you want to say it real quick for the for the listeners
1: anything the light touches is our kingdom Good stuff.
0: That gave everybody goosebumps. If it, if that didn't no, give you goosebumps, you have no pulse.
1: It's not James Earl Jones though. That's His close. Boy, just rich and just awesome. Whether it's you're know, coming to America, or you know as Darth Vader or as the King and Conan the Barbarian. I mean, just amazing lines. Of course, Jeremy Irons is an incredible actor and voice actor as well. So, you know that that I think definitely rings. Like Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that's the other side of it With when you come with Shrek. So I'll, absolutely, they're going to, you know, create memorable lines and really kind of just, you know, once again, for our generation, these two movies certainly are part of our journey. And, you know, our own you know, takes on cinema history you know, as children watching Lion King and kind of as young, you know, ad, you know, teenagers and as young adults because the Shrek, you know, expanded now to the uh, you know Puss in Boots uh movie that just was recently released which so. is
0: antonio banderas yep so an, certainly- another person right that you would want to quote yeah, I mean, he,
1: he was uh he was the um lord lord for White. Right?
0: uh no antonio banderas was poos and boots oh you're talking about yeah. john lithgow,
1: john lithgow was, yeah uh, lord
0: yeah um you know the run run as fast as you can you know when he's talking to the gingerbread man i mean yeah i mean that's a it's a great movie uh there's a whole scene from the second shrek movie that uh if you if you get me going on a day i'll quote the entire scene um from uh the second shrek movie um with all the characters voices i try to do it so uh, i'm a big fan of shrek um all of them so uh Moving along here, my good friend Bo, who I thought would say Twister, said it used to be Finding Nemo, which we have a good story about Finding Nemo coming up here in a second, so I won't dwell on it too much. Um, He said, now it's the heat or almost any episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. Do you know what Wizards of Waverly Place is, Cody? That's what I want to ask first before you even know.
1: Is that like some sort of Harry Potter spinoff?
0: No. No. Okay, Okay, there you go. Wizards of Waverly Place was a show on the Disney Channel um, that actually starred Selena Gomez. Um, So, yeah, so Selena was on there as a teen. Um, uh, Also, the young man David Henry, who um, ends up playing technically Ted Mosby's son in How I Met Your Mother, he is the older brother in that one. You had me at Selena Gomez. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have uh, start. I should have just said that and not said anything else. But um, that was what Bo said. Like I said, I, I really thought I thought two things were going to happen in this conversation. I thought Bo would either say Twister or I thought he would say I don't know any movie. That's why we do our other podcast, which is called What You Haven't <laughs> Seen, um, which is Bo not watching anything. Um, so I thought for a moment that's what he was going to say, but he didn't. So never mind. Um, but yeah, so I knew that you probably wouldn't know that. Uh, my good friend Adam chimed in and said the movie, uh, Disney's Hercules, I don't, I want to make sure I say it correctly because there are movies, other Hercules movies, but Disney's Hercules, which was a fantastic movie, um, did have a lot of quotable lines in it, had a lot of, uh, obviously had Danny DeVito in there. If we talk about people that you can easily quote or kind of, you know, talk like that's, that's another guy that would be one of those type characters, but also, um, what I always remember from Disney's Hercules is Michael Bolton's uh, I Can Go the Distance, which is a beautiful ballad.
1: What oh, was the Hercules, Hercules, Hercules.
0: Nope, that oh, was that. Nutty Professor.
1: Oh, yeah, that was Nutty nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that Professor. Was, that was not, sorry, I just hiccuped on it because I, I started laughing. Um, no, that was, uh, that was a Nutty Professor. <laughs> so, that's not it.
1: Oh man, I was waiting all night to say that. And that was the uh wrong movie.
0: Yeah. Sorry about that, bud. Um, James,
1: Dave Dave 80s though. And uh you know, James Woods, that's another really good, you know, character type actor, so
0: Yeah. Uh so yeah, my bad on that one. That that's definitely not um not the right one there. Um sorry, bud. But yeah, so um you know Obviously, uh, you know, I, I, Hercules was just a really good um, really good movie uh, during that time. Our good friend uh, Kaylin chimed in, and she said, Finding Nemo. Um, but there's a story behind this, which I thought was pretty funny when I was reading it. She said, I once tweeted every line from the movie one by one. I was in Twitter jail for like a week once. I was finally able to complete the movie. I was out in Twitter jail... Um, I was put in Twitter jail multiple times during the process. I think my account was removed shortly after. So if we've learned anything (laughs) here today, kids, you can't tweet an entire movie, um, line by line. We've learned
1: that from our good friend, Kaylin, which I find, you know, just egregious. I, I, I I feel like she should, you know, now that Elon's in charge of things, I think she should be able to tweet the entire finding Nemo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great movie. Um, one of my favorite lines in there is, oh, you guys made me ink myself. It's a great little line. Um, the little, little octopus kid inks. Fisher friends, not food. Fisher friends, not food. A great line. That um, is Yeah, so, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. Twitter. Let her, let her back in. Um, with that, uh, moving along there, uh, our good friend Casper, he commented on it and said, The Outlaw... Um, I've actually never seen. I don't think I've ever seen the Outlaw.
1: The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great movie. Uh, it should be. I think it's on Net, at least it was on Netflix to stream it. So, um, I, I, I think I've seen it once. You know, certainly when I think of those like more spaghetti western type films with with Clint Eastwood. I, I really don't think of lines. I just think about how Clint Eastwood could and, did, you know, does a great job of just conveying feelings and thoughts with just a look. And, you know, that's the, the, you know, and that whole, uh, the man with no name though, that trilogy of spaghetti Westerns, that really made, you know, Clint Eastwood very popular and became just a, a superstar. Uh, his ability to just, you know, say a whole sentence with just one expression it was just—it was awesome. You know, Hugh Jackman, I think, really was able to take that and you know really make the the, the Wolverine that we we think of in cinema. You know, really base it off of like the outlaw Josie, the outlaw mm. Josie I and mean, other you know, Clint Eastwood's characters from those spaghetti westerns. Hmm.
0: Well, I have to see if I can find it and check it out. There. Uh, obviously, that was one that I was like, I've actually. Mm-hmm. No idea on this one. Um, our good friend Kevin Chriswell chimed in. He said, "Christmas Vacation" had to correct you on a line. Uh, also, the original vacation in Forrest Gump. Um, do you want to? Do you want to go into detail about the line that you messed up? That uh, obviously he corrected you on because he is a true connoisseur of Christmas Vacation.
1: Yeah, Kevin Chriswell is a modern day Clark Griswold. You know, so I you know, I deserve the correction and. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's like my favorite line, and well, one of my favorite lines in all film because, um, you know, Cousin Eddie, with the you serious, I, I, I typed "Are you serious, Clark?" So I definitely churched it up for Cousin Eddie. But uh, you serious, Clark? It's the the scene where um, Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, is telling the children that they, you know, Norad has, you know, seen Santa Claus coming. in. because so, that just goes. You serious, Clark? That that part just that gets me every time. That that is one of my favorite lines <laughs> in the films.
0: Yeah. Uh cousin Eddie's an amazing character, nonetheless.
1: Um Randy Quaid, you know, he does a fantastic job of creating this that absolutely you know, of course, in the original vacation, you know, where you're introduced to him. I okay? we all all of us, no matter where you're from, what your background is, we all have a cousin Eddie. And I think Randy Quaid does a really good job at it because he is that cousin Eddie for his actual family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, one of my former employers, one of my former bosses, uh, Miss Leisha, she chimed in and said Days of Thunder and also Steel Magnolias, um, which our good friend Paula Ann jumped in and said Steel Magnolias as well. Uh, the only thing I remember from Steel Magnolias was uh, actually Mama was quoting the Open Your Eyes, Shelby Um that's the only thing I ever remember from. I've, I mean, I've watched Steel Magnolias, but it's not one of those movies that I've like committed it to memory. But I know it's uh, obviously a very, very good classic. Um, had Dolly in it, correct? Am I right on that? had Dolly in it?
1: I, I think so. Um, but I, I'm like you, where Mom would say that line all the time when we we're little. So I have no idea what the context of that is. Right. What's it regard to? But I, I just whenever I see that written down from like. Uh, you know, the, you know, Paula and Miss Beard, I, that's what automatically I, heard, I could hear mom saying that in my head. That's I associate that with that movie. And I'm not really sure what that has to do with the entire film. You know, if that's even an important part of the film, just mom would quote it constantly.
0: Well, I think it's when it's Julia Roberts, character, which, I mean, again, it, it has an amazing cast as Sally Field and Julia Roberts, um, so uh, I think it, and Dolly isn't it. I'm good there and Shirley McLean. So I mean it's it's an amazing group, obviously in this movie. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty positive Julia Roberts' character is dying, um, and her mom, who is played by Sally Fields, is yelling, "Open your eyes, Shelby! Open your eyes!" Um,
1: because she's dying. It's not a it's, it's not a funny.
0: It's not funny. a funny moment, um, okay. but I think we remember it as a funny moment because Mom would always say it. And it would just be like at funny times. And so I think that's why we remember it as something that was probably funny, but it wasn't actually a funny moment in the movie.
1: It's almost about as bad as my Hercules there.
0: Yeah, there we are. Um, Well, you know where you get it from. Hey, there you go. We learned things today. Um, Our good friend Ronnie uh, jumped in and said Forrest Gump as well as the movie Eight Seconds. And then he also, which I thought this was pretty funny, he said the first and third car movies. The second one was trash. He wasn't a fan of it. Um, but he said that he thought there was others because he has a bad habit of watching the same movie over and over and over again. And it actually gets on, uh, his fiance, Riley, who answered earlier today, Talladega nights gets on her nerves. Uh, Ronnie's just getting ready to be married and that's how marriage works. You just keep watching things over and over again. Um, but, uh, one thing that, you know, you learn, uh, is if you really like a show and you start watching a show, um, either you are there's there's a couple of things will happen you start watching a show and then your significant other comes in later and sees this show and like well i like this show why'd you start it without me um so a lot of times what happens is you just end up watching the same thing over and over again um and then slowly working something new in to make sure that you know you stay on uh, on point with uh um, with your significant other. Now, it happens to me. I'm a person who likes to not binge, but I can watch a few episodes. Uh, you know, I can, I can sit there for a few hours, watch a few episodes of something. Callie cannot. Um, so if there's something that I want to watch, that I know I want to watch, I just have to watch it when she's not with me um, because that way she doesn't have to worry about staying caught up. So I get what Ronnie's saying here. Um, now, I've never seen the car movies, so I don't know if there's good quotable, quotable lines in it, but it's your guy, uh, Owen, Owen Wilson, who plays Lightning McQueen. So
1: Yeah, we got one, one of the Wilson brothers. Yeah. It's a cool film. Uh, well, where does Kelly stand on Forrest, Forrest Gump?
0: I've never asked her. We've never watched it in this house.
1: I feel like you know, Kelly might be our way into you truly watching and enjoying an American classic.
0: No. If we're watching an American classic, I'm watching The
1: Godfather. I feel like you're, you're you know, great movie. Absolutely a great movie there. I can't deny that. But you, you, you've you been selling Forrest Gump short all these years. I'm sure if you made that a question, the majority would be on my side.
0: I don't care what the majority is on, on your side or not about Forrest Gump. Not a fan of the movie. Um and uh, just I I can't sit here and, and watch it ever again. I've watched it once, maybe twice. I think that's all that matters at this point. I don't think I need to watch it ever again. Um, so One
1: day to stop raining.
0: Nope. Um. Uh. Our good friend Abby she chimed in and said, "Mean Girls." I've actually never seen Mean Girls. Um. But I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of good quotes from it that people will say. Um. Through, uh, you know, on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Um, I've, I've heard that line. I know that's a line from that uh, because someone has told me that was a line from that. Um, but I know Mean Girls uh, is one of those movies that is fairly quotable, had Lindsay Lohan in it. Um, I don't think you, have you ever seen Mean Girls? I, I, don't, I don't even know if you have.
1: I, no, I think it's kind of the, it's like they, that and old school came out about the same time. But uh, not me. So I think that what old school was for us, Mean Girls was for the ladies. That's kind. Of, that's kind of what I feel. Okay. That it's like they can quote the Mean Girls, and we can, you know, we can definitely quote old school. You're my until boy, we, Blue. Until you irritate people, so yeah. that's um, my, it's it's basically the old school for the for the females.
0: There we go. Okay, so I learned. I mean, I like I said, I've never watched it. I know Callie has, but I, I just I've never I've never watched it. Um Gavin chimed in our good friend Gavin and said Pulp Fiction, very good movie. Um it's uh, just a good movie all around. So, um Pulp Fiction, very good movie. I don't I, I don't I mean I I don't know if I know a ton of quotes from it, um but I I do like the movie. I mean, it's a, it's a very good movie. Had a lot of great actors and actresses and whatnot in it.
1: Well, any Quentin Tarantino film is going to have just incredible dialogue. Whether it's Pulp Fiction, whether it's Reservoir Dogs, you know, Inglorious Bastards, you know, there's certainly these great, just rich dialogue pieces to just you know, you know, and I, I credit Gavin for remembering them because they're so, a lot of them pretty complex. You know, I'm thinking the one that stands out to me and I couldn't quote it, but I know where Gavin's probably going with is um, sort of a. Samuel Jackson's own take on a passage out of Ezekiel that, you know, Quentin Tarantino kind of adds and, you know, changes a little bit that he would tell all of his victims. And uh, so I mean that, you know, certainly is a very long, uh, you know, piece of dialogue to remember, but, you know, it's certainly pretty cold if you do remember it, especially, you know, a setting like playing football and just looking someone in the eyes and telling or citing that to them. So,
0: Absolutely. Um, I didn't want to say this one cause it, it felt inappropriate to say who mentioned this one. Um, <laughs> but your mother chimed in on this and said the movie Porky's.
1: Hey, you know, that, that would have been, you know, for her generation, Porky's would have been like their you know, our hangover and our frat pack movies with like Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn and stuff. So I'm not going
0: to dwell on this any longer um a good friend hunter chesney he chimed in said talladega knights we've talked about that one as well another obviously the will ferrell effect that it had on most of our generation um our our aunt Jeannie chimed in said tombstone fried green tomatoes the equalizer braveheart all amazing movies um i'll I'll quote some braveheart you know every now and then i mean william wallace i mean that's that's a stud right there
1: well you know tombstone the But Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, and that—that's actual line. You know, Doc Holliday. Apparently, I'm pretty sure he actually said that. So that's a actual historical line that you know made it into the film, and that just kind of you know sticks out.
0: Um, a good friend, uh, Alyssa chimed in, uh, or as I know her as KP, she chimed in and said a lot of scenes from Shawshank Redemption, which we talked about, and then the movie, the proposal, I don't know if you know the movie, the proposal or not, but the proposal had Ryan Reynolds in it and our girl, Sandra Bullock as well. Um, so I
1: think that one, is that where he's like, uh, he's like some big Alaskan dude or his family's like a big Alaskan family. Yeah. Yeah. That-
0: it's uh okay.
1: yeah. I think I'll see
0: it's, uh, yeah, it has Betty White in it, um, RIP Betty White. But it also had, I always forget the actual actor's name, but he played Coach on the show. Coach plays his dad. Uh, but he works for Sandra Bullock. She's going to get deported back to Canada unless she gets married. So she marries Ryan Reynolds' uh, his character, who is his, or is like technically like her, not her assistant, but like he's treated like her assistant. Um, and then they kind of get, they don't really like it. And then they actually do kind of fall in love through the process. Right. Yeah. So that's a good movie though. I actually really do like that movie. It's, it is a, it is a favorite of mine. Honestly, I, as you know, as well as I do, Ryan Reynolds is just hilarious. Sandra Bullock is hilarious as well. So and Betty White's hilarious. So I mean, you know, that, that, that's got all the good makings of comedy in it. Um, my good friend, uh, my good friend Dusty commented and said, uh, Ghostbusters one and two major league, uh, pretty much, uh, most any Sandler Farley movies. And it also put the movie tombstone on there as well. Ghostbusters has a ton of quotable lines in it. Uh, because again, you have so many, you know, talented comedians in that group. And then of course we love major league. We'll quote major league too. Sometimes, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with oh, know, I made the rooster. It's one of my favorite favorite lines uh, from Major League Two. So, I mean, I'll I'll even quote some Major League Two.
1: <laughs> well, the catch sure that reminds me of Preston. Yeah, and he talks about, oh, uh, well, you know, one time the steer kicked me in the balls. Yeah, and then the day my mama died. My balls didn't hurt so much.
0: Yeah, it's a one of my favorite lines uh, <laughs> is that line there um, in Major League Two. So, yeah. Um, uh, of course, uh, you know you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. Um, one of my favorite lines from Major League. So um, yeah. So again, I, I those are other movies. Again, uh, my good friend Jerry. Uh, Jerry also said Ghostbusters, and I know this from experience because Jerry sat our, our cubicles um, at my first job post college. Um, our cubicles were right next to each other, and there was a time where he only answered. Uh, someone like people would ask him questions and he would only answer the questions with Ghostbusters quotes.
1: <laughs> I, I haven't met Jerry when I helped you guys move down. I, I definitely definitely could see that. And I really wish I would have been there because I I would have been I've been dying.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was it was very Um, I just remember him sitting there. And he was just he would like change a name to fit into the person that he was talking to like in the newsroom uh, but man he would quote the Ghostbusters and 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 I would just sit there and there was like a few of us that were had picked up on it and like knew what he was doing and there was a lot of people who didn't know what he was doing and we would just sit there and kind of laugh about it because it was uh, you know just uh, just a, a funny kind of interaction between him and um, everybody else as well so um Along with that, we did have an Anchorman. I apologize my good friend Ryan Steig. What's up, buddy? Miss you. Hope you're doing well. He had Anchorman, Shawshank, Talladega Nights, Animal House, Caddyshack, and he also put Major League on there. Um, I feel like those are all movies that are super easy to, to quote.
1: Oh, yeah. Once again, like you were saying, the great comedic, some of the greatest comedic talents and minds of any generation in those films.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just – obviously, Anchorman, we talked about that a little bit earlier there. Uh, Just, uh, you know, obviously with Will Ferrell. um, Oh, you have – oh, man, I always forget his name. Now that I'm thinking about the other guy from Kansas City with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's in it as well. And then, of course, you also have Steve Carell, who's in that movie. Um, So you just have amazing – I feel bad that I forget uh, the guy who's the sports anchor. I forget – um, who the actual actor's name is, but he's absolutely hilarious as well in that, you know, and then of course, you know, you mentioned Shawshank Redemption, you mentioned Talladega Nights already, another Will Ferrell movie, Animal House, which is just, you know, there may have been a time where Cody and I were part of, uh, standing up and singing the National Anthem as we left the building together with a group of, a uh, couple other people. Um, and by a couple other, I mean about forty or fifty people. Regardless, um, you know, and then of course Caddyshack, another amazing one as well. Um, and then one of those guys who may have uh, hummed the national anthem with us as we walked out of a room, Ryan Atkins. He commented and said, uh, "said Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Vegas Vacation, Shrek, and of course Animal House." He threw that in there as well. But hey, man, all Adams or excuse me, all the Austin Powers movies, man, I, I'll quote those or at least lines all the time. Yeah, I and I'll use all the accents if I can. Um, it may be a bad accent every now and again, but I'll use all of the accents. Um, you for know, but
1: what, what, what's it for her?
0: Yeah, I mean, just love the Austin Powers movies. Uh, whether it's the first one, second one, or even the third one in Goldmember, where they introduce, uh, obviously, um, where they introduce Goldmember. I mean, that's you know, those were those are movies what? I always quote. Um, so that's where everybody chimed in. Thank you guys so much for chiming in on all that. We appreciate everybody who did it. Now, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say what mine is, um, for you. And I, and I know for some people, you might kind of can believe this or whatnot, but the first Harry Potter movie, man, you can throw that on and I'm going to quote it. Um, obviously I'm, obviously I'm a huge Harry Potter fan anyway. Uh but that first Harry Potter movie was just very, uh, I think it was just so, um, so awesome because it was you know brought from the book um but there's just so many quotable lines in that first area and that's probably somebody might say well that's an easy one but yeah it is and i mean if i sit there and watch it i mean i can you know almost i probably go line for line with the movie that's one of the one of the movies i know i definitely couldn't quote from start to finish but the one i was going to bring up and i was going to see if you remembered or not do you remember which one i always did when we were when we were kids
1: it has to be a Jim Carrey film, right? It was. Yeah, but I would say it was certainly Jim Carrey and uh, Cameron Diaz in The Mask.
0: Yes, I did The Mask oh. all the time, till so probably it probably drove mom insane. Is really, you know, if she blames anybody for uh, her sanity in her older age, it's probably me because I quoted Jim Carrey non-stop and it, and it was mainly the mask but it was also ace ventura um it was also him as the riddler um i quoted jim carrey probably more than uh more than you know most human beings did but i mean the movie the mask man i would i would come running into a room it'd be dead silent and i would just you know drop a jim carrey line and then run back to my room that's kind of how i mean I, I that was that was what i would do as a kid
1: it was the you know somebody somebody stopped me, oh, yeah spoke in the spoken the righty then, yeah uh, here well this is your podcast, this is your time hit us with it do do the impressions i I,
0: I haven't There's. done I haven't done them in a, a long time i I don't know i don't I don't think I have the I don't have it in the wheelhouse anymore Jim Carrey. I-
1: did Eddie? I did Eddie Murphy, NW Professor. Yeah, but we didn't for ask for Berkeley. that. That
0: was that was uh, that was just bad at that moment. You you picked the wrong
1: line. Um, it was terrible. The least you could do is redeem us, redeem us as a brand. By 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 Chandler and Jim Carrey and hit, do one of them. Just do the alrighty then. I think you could do that one.
0: I don't know if I can do alrighty then. You got it. Alrighty then. There you go. I like it. It's probably the best I had. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I loved. I loved Jim Carrey growing up. Uh, in in everything he did, um, he just had a a fantastic thing. Um, I also, I would say, I probably quote. Um, I probably do quote a lot of TV shows as well, though. Uh, probably a lot of like Boy Meets World, The Office, and How I Met Your Mother. Um, there is a specific scene that I always love in How I Met Your Mother, which is where um, where we hear the word Leben for the first time um, and the only time in the series. Uh, and that's like later on in that one. And I like to bring that up to people all the time, um, that scene from How I Met Your Mother. So uh, again, yeah, I, I, I would say there's, uh, I would say though for me, if it was one thing that I could sit down and probably quote most of it, I would say it's probably going to be that first Harry Potter movie, but I was just making sure, I was seeing if you remembered what it was like for me as a kid, what what I would always quote, and
1: you are correct, it was The Mask. I would say, you know, because I watched this a lot as a kid, uh, Batman 1989. Yeah. I do a a lot of the, you know, Keaton's and uh, Jack Jack Nicholson. You know, a lot of it. lines so as far as tv you know try trying to get letter kenny but i'm, I'm having
0: a- <laughs> oh that's a good one yeah i, I love i love letter kenny that's a, that's a great show um they I, I think it's just the the way that they all just kind of work off of each other is kind of hard to really just kind of nail down a quote from them um but i will say one of the things that i did not see on here there was uh, two that I thought maybe we would see that we didn't was um, Batman Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises,
1: right? Or yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Nolan trilogy um, certainly, but you know, I'm not surprised. You know, very comedy heavy, right? You know, comedies tend to be um, very quotable. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you know most of it was. Will Ferrell affiliated comedies.
0: Yeah, true. And and Mike Myers, uh, Mike Myers, oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I just I, I think uh, I think Dark Knight could definitely be on there, and Dark Knight Rises as well. Uh, especially with how Bane's voice was, I think there was a lot of people that for really an entire year um, did the Bane voice. Um,
1: so. Yeah, I, I definitely did it. Probably a bit. I probably did ad nauseum. Eh, that's yes. okay. You know
0: or, yeah, you know, whatever. Okay. It was a good movie. I mean, and and then of course the Why So Serious. I mean, that was such a iconic line um, from Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. I thought maybe that would be something we'd see on there, but we did not. So, um, again, thank you guys who all responded. Um, thank you guys who joined in in the conversation. Uh, like I said, I mean, obviously now we're you know we pretty much reading everybody's uh, comments on there. Cause you know, there's not a ton on there, but we do appreciate everybody who's reached out or, or made a comment or said, you know, or, or joined in on the conversation. Um, again, you guys can follow us on social media at Schmitty stories on Twitter and Instagram on Facebook. We're at talking Schmidt. Um, so you can jump on there give us a follow there. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, you like the podcast, leave us a five star uh, five star rating on wherever you're listening to your podcast at, uh, you can even jump in there, and if you want to leave a comment on there, you can leave a comment as well. But uh, again, for this week, um, I think it's a good week in the books. And uh, Cody, I, I thank you so much, man, for joining me and uh, you know being a part of the of the the talk this week.
1: Yes, and I, I promise, Schmidt heads, I'm going to watch Disney's Hercules.
0: Yes, so you know, there's a lot of good stuff in Disney's Hercules. It's a good movie, man. Uh, you know. It, I'm
1: Forward
0: to it. Yeah, you got the you got Disney Plus, man. You better jump on there and give it a watch. So, um, again, thank you so much uh, for everybody who's listened to us this week uh, and joining in on the conversation. Thank you guys who have been a part of our our uh, part of our process here as we've brought back Talking Schmidt. Um, we'll have more for you guys next week. Again, we're getting into June starting next week, so hey, that's going to be a big thing to get fired up about as we move into June and we move closer and closer the start of God's greatest game, football. Thank you guys so much for watching, or for joining us this week, and we hope that you join us again next week.